0: Amen. You can have a seat. Most of us, if we think back for a few minutes, and probably wouldn't take that long, we can remember a time when someone in our family said something or did something that really hurt. I mean, it just happens in family life, and the truth is it can happen in any area of life, whether it's work or among friends, even at church, but it seems like sometimes at least it stings a little more when it's family. Because family is so important to us. We love our families, our families sometimes challenge us, but we spend a lot of time with family over the years and when they do something that really hurts, it stings maybe a little more than if it were someone else. And So today I want us to think about that a little bit as we continue in this series that I'm calling House Keys and we're thinking about keys to healthy family relationships. We want those family relationships to be strong and, and scripture speaks to that. And so I want us to hear a little bit more today as we think about how sometimes we do get hurt in our family life. Now, one of the things that I found out about parenting pretty quickly was that there's a lot more apologizing in parenting than I ever thought. Now that's because I mess it up a lot more than I ever thought I would, okay? And so over the years, I've had to apologize to my daughters for saying the wrong thing or saying something in the wrong way or letting too much anger show or forgetting to pick someone up at school. Thankfully, that didn't happen at Vision Way, so there are no witnesses in the room, okay? But it did happen. Yeah, we, we have to ask for forgiveness. And we've probably had someone in our family come to us and ask for forgiveness. And then we've got a decision to make. What are we going to do about that? Because when, when those things are said in family life, it's hard to just unhear them, unsay them. We have to work through it some way. And that's often pretty difficult because of the emotion that's involved, because of how we feel about these people and how important they are. And so when someone is gracious enough, humble enough to ask us for forgiveness, we're left with a decision. What are we going to do? What are we going to say? You know, forgiveness rarely just happens, right? I mean, what happens is we're hurt, and sometimes we want the other person to hurt like we hurt. That's the natural reaction. And even with time, forgiveness isn't automatic. What sometimes happens is that we move through stuff, and and, and there's pain involved, and trust is broken, and we don't really know how to heal the relationship. And if we're not careful, it can freeze in place. And so in that moment of pain, in that moment of hurt, the relationship just, it just stops. There's no forward progress, to, to switch the metaphor a little bit. There's an open wound that festers, and we can't make that go away, and it causes more pain, and so what do we do? I mean, if it were in, like if it were in church, or school, or work, or among friends, we could sort of avoid the person, right? We could just not be around them. If it's work, we just try to have the least interaction possible. If it's among friends, maybe we just try to find new friends. We treat relationships as disposable and move on. That's not really healthy, but that's what we sometimes do. That's a possible reaction. But in family, that doesn't work. Because it's not like we can just get a new family, right? That is our family, so... We're forced to grapple with it. And we react in a couple different ways. Maybe, maybe if it's in family, we, we just stop going to family stuff. Some of us have done that. And there's birthdays that come along, births that come along, showers, anniversaries, weddings, all that stuff. And we just don't show up because we're so hurt. And there's this barrier between us and some other person that keeps us away from everyone. Most of us don't really want that. I mean, we want to be present, and maybe we feel bad when we're not there, but we just don't know what to do with this relationship that's so broken, so frozen in the pain of the past. Or we go to all those family events, and it's just miserable. Because we don't want to face that person. We know the awkwardness is going to be there, it's there every time we're together, and we just as soon avoid it, but we hate to miss everything. And so we're faced with that over and over and over again. So what do we do with that? Is there another way to move forward? And I think Scripture speaks of another way, and I want us to hear that. And and we probably already know what it is, but I think Scripture gives us some help in pursuing it. So today, we're going to look at two different passages, one from Paul, one from Jesus, and hear what they have to say about what we do when we're hurting in a relationship, and then we'll apply that to family. Now, the first of these is found in Paul's letter to the Colossians. It's a group of people Paul had never seen before, okay? Someone else had shared the Gospel with them. He just knows of them, and he writes them in some instruction about the Christian life. Now, when we come to chapter 3, Paul lists some things that are part of the Christian life, and then he deals with this, this, this issue of, what do you do when you're hurt? Verse 13, Paul says this, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the lord forgave you it's a great passage paul gives us two main instructions in that verse he says first of all bear with one another why because sometimes we're hard to be around right I mean, whatever setting it is, sometimes we're just difficult, and Paul says, if you're going to live in community as a church, and he's speaking to the church here, then you're going to have to understand people aren't always easy to deal with, and you're going to have to bear with that. You're just going to have to get through some of those moments. That's true with family. We know each other's idiosyncrasies better than anyone else does, even better than church. Okay? We know what people are like, and we know some of that stuff, we just got to get through it. But then he also says, forgive one another. Forgive one another. There's going to be a time when you're going to be called to forgive. No, it's not automatic. And no, it's not easy. What I found is that forgiveness is really easy to talk about in a setting like this and really hard to do when I actually have to forgive someone for something they've done to me. Paul says, forgive one another. Now, what's interesting to me in this verse is there's a perfectly good word in the Greek language, the ancient Greek that was used to write the New Testament, for forgiveness, to forgive. Okay? It's a word that's used throughout the New Testament. Lots of New Testament writers use it. Very common word in the world is just the way you talked about forgiveness, just like I've used the English word forgiveness today. But Paul doesn't use that word in this verse. In fact, only a couple of other times does Paul use another word. This word that we find here in Colossians 3. The word that people didn't use in everyday language for forgiveness. It's a word who has as its root which has as its root charis or grace. It's a word which at its root means to give a gift. We get our English word grace from this. And so what Paul basically says here is not just to forgive, but to offer grace to one another, to be gracious to one another, we might could translate this. And I love that because I think that's something that's really missing in our culture, To be gracious. Now, forgiveness is part of that, right? If we're going to offer the gift of grace to someone, and and the way Paul words this is, forgive as the Lord forgave you, so offer grace as God offered grace to you. Now, how did God offer grace to you? In Jesus, right? He offered us grace. Now, what Paul's getting at, and I think we'll see Jesus do the same thing, is the goal is not just forgiveness. The goal is restoration of the relationship. Now, it may not look exactly like it looked before, but it might even look better. To restore the relationship. And to do that, we are giving the gift of forgiveness, but we're giving more than that. We're giving this restoration. So you can't get there without forgiveness, right? So if you want to restore the relationship, one step along the way is forgiveness. But Paul's pointing to more than that. He's saying you're giving a gift. And my guess is, you've experienced this, because I have too. Think about it when, when you ask for forgiveness, or maybe just someone offers it because they know it's needed. And you receive that gift. When, when you ask for forgiveness and someone says, yes, I'm, I want to forgive you for that. I'll be willing to forgive you for that. It feels like a gift. And that's the sense that Paul has here. The relationship is. Can be restored because of this gift we're offering, and that gift includes forgiveness. Okay, Jesus speaks to this as well. Luke chapter 17, verses 3 and 4, Jesus says this, so watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back saying, I repent. You must forgive them. So, What does Jesus say there? Okay, two steps involved in this. First of all, if someone sins against you, and that's not lightly said, right? Jesus is not saying someone forgot to say good morning to you. It's a personal slight. Jesus is saying someone does something that is sinful to you. It may not be intentional, but a lot of these would be intentional, right? So it's directed toward you, it's a sin, it's serious. If someone does that, rebuke them. Now rebuke is a pretty strong word, isn't it? I mean, that's going to someone and saying, this was wrong, this hurt me, and it was wrong, we need to deal with it. I don't really like that, I don't really want to do that, but Jesus says to do it. Why? Because Jesus is as interested in restoration as Paul is. Jesus wants to restore the relationship. And I think Jesus knows if you don't deal with the problem, you're not going to get past that relationship being frozen in the pain and brokenness of the past. But if you address it, then you can move on. So he says, rebuke them, deal with it. And if they repent, and we know repentance is a turning, repentance is saying, that was wrong, I'm sorry I did it, I want to change Okay, that's what repentance is. Jesus says if they repent, forgive them. So if they say, I I want this relationship whole, I want it restored, we have an obligation to forgive. But he doesn't just stop there, does he? Verse 4 says, if that person sins against you, if they sin against you the same day and they repent of that sin, forgive them again. And if they sin again and they repent, forgive them again. Third time, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, seven times in one day. Jesus says, forgive them. Now, maybe Jesus is exaggerating. I don't think Jesus is saying you need to keep a list and hash marks beside everybody's name. So when you get to seven, you're done for the day. It seems to me that Jesus is making a bigger point than that. He's making the point of, when people ask for forgiveness, when they repent of what they've done, forgive them. Forgive them. That's the only path toward restoration. And if we think about these two passages, which are really directed in a larger sense, Paul to the church and, and Jesus just generally, if we think about, okay, how does this relate to family? I think it's so clear. We are going to be hurt in our family relationships because we're all sinful, we're all imperfect, and we spend a lot of time together. But we have to choose, when we're hurt, to deal with the problem and forgive in order to, deal, to, to lead to restoration. And so we might say it this way. Forgiveness breathes new life into broken relationships. Forgiveness breathes new life into broken relationships. Relationships that are frozen in time because of the pain, because of the hurt, because of the resentment, can be healed and can have new life and can be restored because of forgiveness. Because, as Paul says, we have chosen to offer grace. We have been gracious to one another. Now, sometimes we don't feel like that. In the immediate aftermath of being hurt, of a relationship being broken, and we don't really want to talk about forgiveness. We just want to be mad because we are mad and it sort of feels good because we've been hurt. And both Jesus and Paul are saying we've got to move past that so that we can breathe new life into these broken relationships. And I think there's three practical things that we can do. First of all, value the person over the pain recognize that this parent spouse child grandparent grandchild aunt uncle cousin niece nephew remember we're thinking in the largest terms in family that that person is more important than the pain that they caused by what they did now they may have done something that really hurt and I'm not saying we excuse it. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I don't say, I'm not saying that we shouldn't guard ourselves if we're being abused. I'm, none of that, okay? We don't minimize it. What these two biblical writers are saying is that we deal with it. We deal with it. And we move past it. Now, we don't allow for abuse. Certainly don't do that. But when, when people do things that Make us feel small, when it breaks us, we've got to value the person over the pain. Second, we need to deal with the conflict. Again, we don't don't ignore what happened. We don't ignore words that were said that were hurtful. We, We don't ignore any of that. In fact, Jesus says, go to the person and deal with it. I don't want to do that i'm a person that avoids conflict and jesus is saying pursue the conflict deal with it go to them why to restore the relationship so many families have stuff that's in the past that was never dealt with and because it was never dealt with it was it was sort of covered up and everybody hoped it would go away but it's still there speaking into the present threatening the future. And it would have been so much better if it had been dealt with when it happened. But maybe it can be dealt with now. So we need to deal with it. Deal with that conflict so that the relationship can be restored, so that everyone understands yeah, this was serious, yeah, this mattered. But we can move past it. And we can still have a relationship with a person who caused this pain. And then finally, focus on the power or recognize the power of forgiveness. Now, forgiveness certainly helps the person that we forgive, right? We talked about that weight being lifted when we have been forgiven. And so we're we're helping them realize that they don't have to hold on to that forever. Forgiveness helps us because it allows us to let go of bitterness and pain It allows us to move on, it allows us restoration of relationships, so it helps that person, and it helps us. It helps the family. Because the relationships within the family are restored. But even more than that, or maybe beside that, forgiveness speaks powerfully into the culture in which we live. And forgiveness sets Christians apart from the rest of the world. Let's face it, our culture is not about graciousness, is it? Our culture is not about forgiving. What our culture does is someone makes a mistake and then every time that person is written about or talked about on TV, someone has to mention the mistake that they made months or years or decades ago. It comes up over and over again. We are not good at forgiveness. We are not good at showing grace. But when we as Christians do it, it says there's something different there. And remember, we're forgiving. We're showing grace as God has forgiven and shown grace to us. And so we are showing people who God is when we forgive. And we are showing that there is something inherently different about the Christian life than every other life. Our world needs us to forgive because it speaks of who God is. Now, I'm virtually certain that almost every one of us can think of some moment that is still causing us pain because of something that happened in our families. Maybe someone even asked you for forgiveness and you just haven't been able to do it yet. I want us to spend just a moment in prayer as we finish up, each one of us talking to God and thinking about you know, whatever that is, that moment, that time, that person, and the steps that you need to take and can take so that you can have that relationship Restored by offering grace and forgiveness. I'm going to give you a moment to pray quietly and then I'll finish this up with prayer together. Let's pray. God, most of us know what being hurt is all about, because someone in our families has done something along the way that really did hurt. Words that were said or actions that were taken that is so hard for us to move past. So God, we ask that you would guide us help us to recognize the ways that you have forgiven us so it informs how we show grace to the people around us help us to feel your forgiveness so we can forgive others and if we need to deal with something that happened has happened give us the courage to talk about it to speak it to name it and then to forgive it god help our families our marriages our parent-child relationships, our grandparents and grandchildren, our siblings. God, help us to find ways to restore those relationships because of your power at work in us. And God, we're going to give you glory when we see that happen. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and continue to worship.